Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Mitchell and Jessica Kanata. If you're looking for ways to bring rigor and engagement to your middle school ELA classroom without sacrificing your nights and weekends, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to provide you with your weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can actually enjoy teaching again. We'll help you bring the fun and creativity to your ELA lessons so that your students master the standards and you can leave school when the bell rings. Get ready to be that teacher you've always wanted to be to do great work and thrive. All right. Let's dive into this week's episode. We're going to talk about a simple tweak to save you time planning. We're all about lesson planning. I love it. Batch planning is what we like live by. Even in the way we run EB academics, we batch Mm -hmm. plan, we batch record, we batch do things. It's very helpful in saving time um, and just being more efficient with your time. And I think that's something that just in general, we struggle with and has to be taught and practiced and honed in on over time. And I think we take for granted those of us who are really good at that, that not everybody can do that. You know, my husband is not super efficient context switches all the time. And I'm just like, just sit down and get it done and be like relate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so if you're the type of teacher who, you know, from the moment until you get that you get to school until the moment that you fall asleep at night, you know, you're constantly thinking about your students. Did they really understand that chapter today? Right. Did the Socratic seminar go well? Is it, is the rest of it going to go well tomorrow? I have my formal observation. Maybe I should go on Pinterest some more time. Can you relate to that? I used to be like that, except Pinterest didn't exist when I first started teaching. Thank God. I think I would have wasted so much of my my time. Um, but this is me just as a person in general, actually two nights ago, I was up from three to five 15 because I couldn't stop thinking. And I just wouldn't turn my brain off because I I wasn't prepared with what I was thinking about, you know, if I'm prepared. Mm -hmm. So in this case, like if your lesson plans are prepared, you're not having these conversations with yourself in your mind at night. Um, and so if you are that type of teacher who really struggles to turn off teacher mode, then this is going to be a great episode for you. I think it's going to be really, really helpful for you. This simple tweak that we're going to talk about. Um, but in addition to constantly thinking about your students, you're constantly thinking about lesson planning, grading, et cetera, all that stuff, it can be exhausting. And we get to a point sometimes where we start to feel resentful toward teaching, or, you know, I think a lot of people right now are feeling like it's an unsustainable profession. And I think that instead of looking at it that way, perhaps we need to look at it. What can I do that I do have control over that will help me stay in a profession that I love? You know, a lot of teachers don't want to leave teaching. It just feels unsustainable. And we start to feel resentful to it that we do leave. Um, And that's what I did. It's actually, I talk about that in our book. I actually read, I don't even think you know this. We released an extra podcast episode at the end of December where I read the whole first chapter of our book, where I talk exactly about this same exact experience. Um, And so with that being said, you know, we don't want you to feel that way. We want to teach you something that you can have control over that gives you some of that power back so that you do feel empowered, so that you feel in control and you're no longer, you know, going to be sitting at night thinking about all the things that you have to do. Do I need to go back onto Pinterest? Oh, I need to read those directions one more time. I'm really actually not sure what I'm teaching tomorrow. All of those really stressful feelings. Am I stressing you out as I'm saying yes. things? I'm sorry. <laughs> My, I, my eyes start to twitch. Yeah. (laughs) So it it does. It comes down to a simple habit. That small tweak we're talking about 
that can not only save you hours and hours of prep time, but it gives you that capacity to just take a mental break Mm -hmm. from thinking about your students, from thinking about school and the classroom and all the obligations. And this habit, it's so great because it guarantees that your students are still engaged in their fun lessons. They're learning rigorous content, but you didn't have to sacrifice your Sunday afternoon or stay up till 11 o'clock at night, the night before, you know, scrambling to get everything or quite frankly, even thinking about what it is that you're going to do. So true. It doesn't even have to be the physical act. You're just, your mind is in that place. Mm -hmm. So we're saying it's okay. Take permission to not think about school and how you do that is this game changing habit. So what is it? It's simply rinsing and repeating your lessons. So said another way, right? It's taking one lesson, one concept and using it multiple times throughout the year to ultimately save you that planning time, save you that time thinking about school. And so if you're, you know, a member in our EV community, you know, we feel strongly about this. We talk about it all the time at our batch planning events. And even, um, when we do Facebook lives within the group, all of that, we're saying, do this rinse and repeat your lessons. It's okay. You absolutely should do it. Your students are going to thrive. And so will you. So we're going to make that argument today with you and we'll teach you how to do it. Yeah. And when you do this, the benefits are so much greater than just, oh, I'm just rinsing and repeating lesson. And if you've heard us say this a thousand times before, and you still haven't done it yet, this is your call to action to go freaking do it because it's going to make your life so much easier. There are so many other benefits that we're going to talk about. Um, but it gives you the opportunity, like Jessica said, to turn your brain off. You know, I don't know about you, but when I don't know what I'm doing in a certain thing that I have going on, it's all I think about and it stresses me out and I'm not present with my family. I'm, I'm there with Will, but I'm not emotionally, mentally there with Will. I'm thinking about other things. And so if we can actually create that separation for ourselves with this simple tweak, think about how much of an impact that has on your life as a person, not just on your students in the classroom and your profession as a teacher, right? You can watch Ted Lasso, which I still haven't watched. I can't Caitlin. figure out because it's on Apple TV, isn't it? It is. Caitlin, we need, you need to come over. I know, but like I, I'm it. having, I'm really good with technology and I cannot connect my phone to my, to my TV to stream it because of my phone service at my house. Okay. It's I don't even do understand what you're saying. But- Wi-Fi. It yeah. doesn't work. So we've been <laughs> okay, watching well, Yellowstone. You are watching. Okay. I've heard good things about yes. that. We're yeah. doing the morning show, which I've heard good things about that good. too. Wait, <laughs> yeah. have you not watched Yellowstone at all yet? No, it's on my list though. After oh, the it's good. Show. It's okay. very good. I'm excited. Yes. It's very, very good. <laughs> um, and the thing that's cool too, so you benefit from it, right? From this simple tweak, but then your students also do too. So the first time you do a lesson with them, let's say Socratic seminar is going to be the example that we talk about. Nah, it might, they might not do that great of a job, but by the end of the year, they're getting all of this practice with Socratic seminar. Think about how much they grow, right? Last week's podcast episode, we just talked about justification and giving our students plenty of opportunities to practice that. Why wouldn't we do the same thing with a lot of these types of lessons that help our students in a multitude of ways? And it's not copying out, right? It's not just taking the easy way out. In fact, it's being really intentional with your time, um, and being purposeful in the way in which you bring lessons into your classroom, right? It's so much better to do something that you've done a million times than to haphazardly bring something into your classroom that you don't even know is going to work. All right. So let's look at that example of a Socratic seminar, right? So whether it's the beginning of the year or mid-year, and I'm about to set up a Socratic seminar for my students, I want to use that time to think about how can I already repeat this later in the year? Because Mm -hmm. like Caitlin said, the first time you do it, 
you might be a little underwhelmed by the results, right? If students have only done it one time, you might notice they're hesitant to participate. They don't use a ton of academic vocabulary. They're maybe not even prepared when they show up. They don't have any evidence or they didn't spend any time researching the questions you gave them in advance. It's silent, right? You can hear a pin drop. You're waiting for someone to just jump in or finally they raise their hands and you're like, oh, this isn't even how it works, right? So if you only plan for one Socratic seminar a year, you might be like, oh, that was a dud. Like, Mm -hmm. why am I going to do that again? Well, we want you to flip that narrative again and say, okay, that's the perfect opportunity to do it again. Because when I set up multiple Socratic seminars throughout the year, well, what you're going to see is students will come to the discussion prepared. They will have read the material and researched it before they come to the discussion. They're going to have strong, relevant evidence. They're going to reflect on the ideas under discussion. They might even ask questions themselves and really get the conversation going. They're going to comment on their classmates' observations. They're going to justify their views in light of what evidence is presented, right? They're going to have a collegiate level discussion. That's very different than the first time you do it. So our argument is to go into your planning mode and think, how can I plan this exact same activity, a Socratic seminar, at least three or four times throughout the year? I would argue for way more than that, actually. And how it works is it will save you time planning because you sit down and you prepare your Socratic seminars for one particular text. And while you're doing it, you can already start to think about the other texts you're going to read later in the year and come up with your questions for those texts. Yeah. And so I want to talk about like what that looks like in practice, because this is what we just did with our EV teachers. Um, and actually any teachers were invited to come to our batch planning live event that happened gosh, just a couple of weeks ago, we're actually doing another batch planning live event in the summer. Our dates, let me see our June 27th and 28th. So if you'd love to join us for batch planning live this summer, we'd love to invite you. Basically we sit down with you for two days. We teach you how to lesson plan through our four-step EB lesson planning framework. We give you time to lesson plan. You lesson plan with other teachers. It's a very collaborative, engaging, positive environment um, where some of our teachers plan for the entire school year over the course of those two days. So it's the skill, just like with our students that you practice over time and you get really good at. Um, so if you go to EB academic, Com forward slash BPL summer 22, because it's 2022 next year, the number 22, add that at the end. Um, you'll get information for joining us for batch planning live. And we also sent an email out to our email list this morning that has coupon codes for the regular ticket or for the VIP ticket. So you can get a discount. So definitely go check your email if you haven't had a chance to do that. Um, but this is something that we teach our teachers at batch planning live is how to do this. What is rinsing and repeating activities actually look like in practice when we're sitting down to lesson plan. So it's very actually quite simple from the macro level overview, right? As we're planning with that 30,000 foot view and looking at our, our scope and sequence. So we have our scope and sequence laid out in front of us for the year, you know, all of those empty months that we now have to fill with lessons and things that we're going to do with our students. And so you want to determine, you know, where in your literature units or your informational text units or your nonfiction units that you can incorporate Socratic seminars. So if I'm looking at the outsiders, I might include a Socratic seminar towards the end of that novel, maybe not as the last thing. Thing that I'm going to do. But so students have more evidence, more things to discuss, more questions that we can discuss together as a class. Whereas the house on mango street, that's such a short book. And there's so much that happens at the very end. I'm going to plan my Socratic seminar for that after my students have actually wrote, written their response to literature and taken their test. So there are different places that you might want to put that Socratic seminar into your plan book, into your scope and sequence. So it's cool because in your mind, 
you're sitting down and starting to fill up your scope and sequence with valuable lessons for your students. And it doesn't take you a ton of time because you now know, oh, on December, whatever, I'm doing a Socratic seminar on the outsiders. And so your brain is no longer thinking about that day, right? And Jessica's going to talk about some other activities that you can do the same concept with, but the concept is still the same. When we find something that works with a unit for our students, why do we just do it once? Let's do it over and over again and give them that time. Like Jessica mentioned to practice those skills. We have to give them the opportunity to repeat that. Um, was there anything else that I needed to say about that? Oh, I think you're. Yes, there was one thing (laughs) to make Socratic seminar even easier. So if you're an EB teachers club member, if you're an EB writing program member, I think you actually already have all of our task cards, but if you're an EB writing program or EB teachers club member, rather you can use your coupon codes to grab some of those critical thinking task cards, um, from the EB shop for free with one of your coupon codes. We also have informational task, informational text task cards. Um, so all of those task cards can be used as just generic questions for your Socratic seminar. So that was one of the areas that I would get tripped up sometimes when I was doing Socratic seminars, I think to myself, Oh, I have all these questions I got to come up with. But if you have these same critical thinking questions that can be used with any text, you just use them over and over again, but students are having different types of discussions because you're using it with different types of texts. So just a little side note to make Socratic seminars even easier for you. Love it. And so again, it's not just Socratic seminars that we want you to rinse and repeat, but we're going to give you some ideas for other lessons. And I'm sure you'll come up with some of your own as well. Um, so one is an investigation trail. We love doing these with our teachers and students, of course, enjoy them as well. They're really interactive. So this is great because basically it's different stations around your classroom. And at each station, there is some kind of, you know, text, and then there's a question. And depending on what students answer is to the question, it tells them to go to another station. So eventually they need to complete a loop on the investigation trail. So what you do is you come up with your own investigation trail. Let's say it's for a grammar exercise. Great. Well, now you have the template down, do it again, right? Students have fun with grammar. Why not do it for a unit on theme with the novel you're studying or figurative language or whatever it is, main idea, point of view, et cetera. The point is you have your basic template and you rinse and repeat it. And I know there are some members of our EB community who actually have our success script. So if you are one of those teachers, we give you the template for rinsing and repeating an investigation trail. It saves you a ton of time. So another one might be a one pager, right? After you read a short story or a novel and you have students complete a one pager as an assessment where maybe they're analyzing the theme or, you know, coming up with symbols for it, whatever it is that you want to include on your one pager, don't just do it one time during the year. Use it on another novel or another short story or to wrap up an entire unit. I think that can easily be repeated two, three, four times throughout the year because, again, students are going to become more proficient on them and come up with um, a stronger analysis as they progress throughout the year. Side note about the one pager. If you use ours, we have a list of like a board for students to choose from. And on our requirements, we only request that they incorporate four. So the next time they do it, you could have them choose a different four. So they don't use the same ones over and over again. So it really is an entirely different activity for them. Just a little side note. No, so true. An entirely different activity, but That's you the didn't same. take any other yeah. time planning it. Exactly. So, so good. <laughs> Another one responses to literature, right? We talked about this in the last podcast episode where we want to continually have students practicing their justification. Well, we can't just give one text dependent essay in a quarter or a semester or whatever it is, we need to assign those over and over again. So again, same graphic organizer or f- mm-hmm. framework, 
right? We recommend, of course, the EB writing approach, but you give it over and over to your students throughout the year. So they're becoming more proficient at it. So maybe you switch up your publishing party after each response to literature, but they're still doing the same activity just with a different text. And one I want to bring up right now too, it's not even in our notes, but um, mock trials. Mm-hmm. We just did a podcast episode about this. And we said, your students are going to be begging for more mock trials. Great. Do another <laughs> one throughout the year because guaranteed after the first one, they're going to be able to reflect back on it and say, oh, I wish I would have done this differently. Or, oh, I came up with a better argument. Mm-hmm. Let them have the opportunity to grow in their learning and do one more at least throughout the year. And so I like to think of this in terms of like being a parent, right? With my own kids. And I think maybe some of you can relate to this in terms of rinsing and repeating. Like I make lunches every single day for those kids, three (laughs) kids, right? And they all like different things. And then dinner every single night. And they're all picky eaters and God love them, but like, it's hard, it's challenging. And so when I can find a recipe or a meal that all three of my kids eat and are happy with, and it's healthy, Like you better believe I'm going to make that again. In fact, for my kids, it's taco salads. And I love that. I call it a salad because there's absolutely no lettuce in it, except for (laughs) one of the kids, Jameson will eat the lettuce, but not Davey and Harper, you know, only is that what you made for us when we were in Healdsburg? Um, no, but that is a really good recipe. (laughs) That's like a, an avocado corn dip. (laughs) Um, but yeah, my kids like these taco, you know, salads. And so every single week that is on our dinner rotation because they're happy and I'm happy. Same thing with your lessons for your students, right? When you find a lesson that works, there is nothing wrong with repeating it throughout the year. And in fact, I would argue that if you're not doing it, like why the heck not? You absolutely (laughs) should be. And it's a game changer for your teaching. Yeah. And so start to be mindful, you know, about some of the activities that you're using in the classroom. Does this activity lend itself to being that sort of rinse and repeat activity that students are going to love? That's going to help them practice with the standards. And if so, you know, add that to your repertoire, like keep that in your back pocket so that you can put it into your scope and sequence time and time again. You know, how can you take those elements and repeat them throughout your school year. So I want to remind you, I said this briefly in the middle of the episode, but we're hosting another batch planning live event this summer. It is on June 27th and 28th. It's a two day virtual live event. Maybe someday it'll be in person, but for now it's still virtual. Um, and we sit down with you for two full days. We teach your whole EB lesson planning approach and we spend time with you lesson planning so that you can plan in theory, your whole year, if you're really good at it, but if you're just starting at least that first semester, first quarter that you're going to head back for the school year next year, which is even hard to think about. I'm sure as you're listening to this in January, even thinking about next year at all. Um, but it is something that we can help you get done. And we'd love for you to join us. We just had a great event in January, a couple of weeks ago with our teachers. So go ahead and go to ebacademics.com forward slash BPL summer 22. And that's the number 22. So two twos next to each other. All right. I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Have a wonderful rest of your week, you guys, and we'll see you next week on podcast. Bye everybody.